Hi, I'm Amanda McClooney. And I'm April Klimkevich, and this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories from women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. Sophia Ramsey-Juan is an acupuncture physician who has been practicing for the past six years. Her experiences with tenured acupuncture practitioners set the foundation for her to form her own private practice, which she has been operating for over a year. Sophia is passionate about educating and raising awareness about the many benefits which acupuncture provides. With her passion and drive, Sophia has helped many patients on their journey to achieve overall health, wellness, and peace of mind. Welcome, Sophia. We're so glad you could be here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to spending time with you guys. Yay. (laughs) So Sophia and I met because I used to work with your husband and he introduced us when you were starting your own business because he knew that I teach yoga and he thought that we could collaborate, which we have. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about acupuncture, what it entails, and what compelled you to become an acupuncturist? All right. So acupuncture is considered a whole body medicine. The reason why it's considered a whole body medicine is because we have our own diagnosis uh, method to it. We take the the pulses and we look at your tongue. Now that gives us a direct reflection of what's going on in the body. When we're feeling for pulses, we're not just feeling for the pulse rate, we're actually feeling for different qualities within the pulse as well. Um, When we get a chance to look at your tongue, That's like a snapshot of the whole internal body because there's different positions on the tongue that show up. So we're looking at the tongue body color, the coating, and by knowing what the diagnosis is, that's how I know I can tailor my treatments for each of my patients. And I think that's the beauty behind uh, Chinese medicine and acupuncture because it's so individualized and um, I really get to make it more of an individual impact in each of my patients' lives when it comes to acupuncture. How I ended up getting started in acupuncture, not just acupuncture, but alternative medicine. I've actually been exposed to alternative medicine even from a young age. So I grew up in South Africa and my mom was a nurse. And when my youngest brother was born, he was a premature baby and had a lot of complications. And when he was born, the doctor said uh, one of the things that he was going to encounter was not going to be able to walk. And um, my mom at that time, because she was already in the medical field, she was like, no, I don't want to take no for an answer. So she kind of ventured out and wanted to find an alternative method to kind of help him. And she's a physical therapist was a person who introduced her to reflexology. So she started doing research. The physical therapist taught her like some of the moves for reflexology. And the cool thing about babies is because they don't have as many layers as we have packed on as adults, they respond to alternative medicine much more quicker than we would. So um, she would massage the baby like three or four times a day and just really making sure that, you know, getting some blood flow and circulating because if nobody's really familiar with reflexology, reflexology is a microcosm of the whole body on the bottom of your feet. So there's different organ systems that we can access to help stimulate blood and energy and to help improve the body's overall health. It took him a little bit longer to, uh, to get to where he was, but um, by the time he was three years old, he was walking around, running around, like nothing happened. Like when he went for his checkups with the doctors, they're like, no, <laughs> I have the wrong chart. I don't know who this child is. <laughs> <laughs> 
So from there, that's when my mom, she eventually went away from nursing in South Africa and had her own little practice where she did like reflexology, Reiki, aromatherapy. So when I was about like between the ages like six to 12, I just remember like going to these little conventions with her. We'd be setting up and smelling all like the really cool essential oils. And it was just such a cool experience because both of my parents were really into meditation as well. So as a family, like on a Friday night, we'd all get together and um, like my aunts and uncles would all come over and have like a little mini guided meditation. And that's like some of the fun parts that I remember from my childhood. I ventured down that way. And then in college, I, I wanted to take up nursing, but I was still really undecided because it didn't really like settle within me. It's like, yeah, I kind of want to do nursing because that's like kind of the right way to go. But internally, I was like, but that's not just who I am. And um, I stumbled upon the acupuncture school in South Florida. It's called Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. And um, I got all the paperwork and I had no idea at that point in my life that you could actually get a degree in alternative medicine here. So it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was really cool because I was undecided and my parents were trying to help me out to make my decision where, what, what my next best step could be. I ended up moving back home to Orlando with my parents. And my mom was actually the one who found an acupuncture school up there as well. And she was like, hey, listen, I know you're kind of like down and out right now. Let's just go see what they have to say. Let's just go see what the curriculum is like and what we can get from here. And I was like, okay, you make sense. Let's go. And when I ended up going to the school, it's like everything just like clicked. I was like, this is where I needed to be. Because even when if I went down to do nursing, I might do nursing for 20 years but I would still come back around to want to do and incorporate alternative medicine into my life. I felt like I wouldn't lose that connection with it. So by going to the school, it was just like, you know what? Let's skip those 20 years. I'm going to start right now. At that point, I was, I was, what was it? Like 20 or so. And I, I was definitely the youngest in the school when, when I went, but um, it was just, it just felt so right. And then, from there, that's where my journey started with acupuncture. That's awesome. I love that it's in your family. Like it's, it's how you were brought up. It's something that even though you tried to deny it, you couldn't. You were like, wait, maybe I'll just be a nurse because that's what's acceptable in society. And instead, you were like, no, let's, let's skip those 20 years. Let's skip all the way to just doing it now. And that mm-hmm. is really powerful. And that's really cool because I, I know that a lot of people don't have the courage to do that. They, they feel constrained by society and by what's quote unquote right, rather than thinking about what's right for them. And this to me actually speaks to the individualness of the type of therapy that you provide as well. And I think that Western medicine is now trying to follow in those footsteps and create more individualized treatment plans for people, more individualized pharmaceutical plans for people, realizing that every body is different and reacts differently to treatments and to medications. And it seems like that's something that Chinese medicine has been aware of for a long time. 
So I think it's really beautiful that you were able to say, you know, even though this is the quote unquote right thing that society wants me to do as nursing, I know that what's right for me is to become an acupuncture physician. And so I'm just going to do that. And that's really cool too, that you had the support of your family because not everybody does. (laughs) No, I get that. And I definitely commend like my parents a hundred percent because if I didn't have that from both of them, I would have making that decision would have been really hard on my end. And um, just feeling so lost at that time. I think that was the biggest thing because it, it is an internal struggle. You, you're you listening to what your heart's saying, but your mind is like, no, girl, you need to. <laughs> we need to do this. You need to be part of society. Like, this is the route that you are on. Like, you can't be changing it. So by kind of going, helping my parents and at least having an open mind, at least them having an open mind has been really, really helpful for me. That's great. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you've pointed out, Sophia, is how close you are with your family, not only your parents, but it sounds like also your extended family with those meditation sessions that you were telling us about. So can you tell us a bit more about your family's influence in your life? Yes, I'm definitely very, very close with all my family and friends. And it's just been so impactful because having their support and getting a chance to learn from their experiences and having their guidance has been what shaped me and what shaped my life. Um, I don't, I would definitely not be where I am today without my family. Like they've done so much for me and supporting me. Even um, when I first started off having my little open house for my business, um, we had a nice little turnout and my family and my friends that came, it was I just felt so overwhelmed with joy and happiness, being able to look out of the crowd and like see everybody being there for me. And that was the best because I finally felt like, you know what? I made it. <laughs> I did something, but you don't make it yourself. It takes a community to build a person up. And that was really, really great for me. I think that's great. And I, I think that it's cool that your family was able to come and support you at the open house. And I love that as friends, we get to work together as well. We do a combined yoga and group acupuncture event once a month together. Yeah. And it's so fun, isn't it? It is so fun. And it's so great when people come in and at first they're a little like nervous and a little shy and they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I need more of this in my life. Right, right. Time I get to come. <laughs> and, you know, people are, are a little bit scared of acupuncture and even yoga if they haven't tried it before because they see, you know, pictures on Instagram of people doing handstands or when it comes to acupuncture, they're thinking like, I don't want to get shots. I'm not interested in being stuck with needles. So what can you share with us about acupuncture that might help us understand it better? So with acupuncture, the acupuncture needles itself are hair fine thin needles and they're sterile one-time use needles. So nobody gets reused or anything like that. The most you would feel is kind of like just a little pinprick. And for me personally, I'm a type of practitioner where I don't want to cause you pain. I want to get you better because at the end of the day, I'm building trust with my patients. And once you start to trust me, we get a chance to really build that relationship as well. And I just want to make sure everybody's comfortable. And I really encourage communication when I do treat my patients to let me know how is this point feeling? If it's 
if you feel a sensation of like heaviness, or sometimes I say you might have a little bit of an electric like zing or that you may feel, and just know that those are all normal responses. But if you feel like a little uncomfortable or anything like that, I usually take out the needle and try to reinsert in a different way or just help helping with breathing as well. So when my, my patients are really nervous by helping to help them take those deep belly breaths that I learned through yoga, then it takes your emotions out from your head and kind of brings you back into your body. So you get a chance to start to feel and relax as well, instead of having to feed into the worry. So that's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. What are some of the types of things that people would come to see an acupuncturist for? Like I said before, because it is a whole body medicine, acupuncture really likes to target in on the root cause of what's going on. When patients have digestive disorders, pain management is one of the popular ones that acupuncture is known for. But acupuncture is also really great when it comes to women's health, when it comes to infertility. Anytime there's a sign of symptoms that's showing up, there's always a, um, a root cause that comes back to it. So in acupuncture, for me, everything fits into a pattern. So I've had patients where they've said, my digestion has been a little off lately, but then I also get headaches sometimes, but it's always in the front of my forehead. Like I just get these headaches. And then my next question would be, well, have you been eating? Like what, you know, around that time when the headaches have come about, like when was the last time you ate? And I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't really eat, you know, that morning. Well, I didn't really get a chance to have lunch that day because I was busy at work. And usually when you have a headache, in the front of your head or your forehead, it can mean that, you know, your body's hungry. It's kind of yearning to kind of build more blood and energy. So it's kind of just signaling to your body, like, hey, make sure to eat something. So that's what I like to tell my patients. Even when I go through treatment, I like to give like these little golden nuggets. So, so they go get a chance to go home and feel empowered by their choices when it comes to their health and wellness. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I didn't know you could tell a little more about the cause of your headache by the location of where it is. That's yeah. very interesting. So even when it comes to treating headaches in Chinese medicine, there's like 20 different reasons why it could be, why you might be feeling a headache, <laughs> you know? So just kind of going back and going through when you usually come for an acupuncture visit, we'll do an intake. So the intake usually takes about like 30 minutes because we're going in to see how's your sleep? Have you been, what time do you go to sleep? Do you sometimes wake up at night? And is there a specific time that you wake up or if um, what's your digestion been like? If you've been having bloating, gas, acid reflux, those all paint a big pic- a bigger picture for me of what's going on in your body and how I can best help. Very cool. So Sophia, I know that you and your husband recently bought a house in addition to trying to build your business that we've talked about. So can you talk to us a bit about what it's like being an entrepreneur and a young professional and trying to manage all the things that life throws at you at one time? I'll be candid. It's challenging. (laughs) But even though it's challenging, just kind of taking a step back and breaking it down to smaller pieces. I think that's like been the best thing that's worked for me. Anytime there's a lot going on, just sitting down, making my list of what needs to get done and start knocking them out. Because I know before I really got a chance to do like work on myself in the personal development realm, 
I would always be very overwhelmed, filled with anxiety and fear. And don't get me wrong. Yes, those emotions still show up for me, but I think I have a better grasp of how to manage it better than I did before because I got a chance to like really work on myself. And as an entrepreneur, if there's no more, there's no blaming, blaming the boss, <laughs> you know? So things that you kind of were lots of days ago before when you're at work, it's, it's like, there's no more room for that. This has been the most eye-opening experience for me and the most learning I've had about myself as well. It's a new challenge every day, but I think the driving force is just the passion because at the end of the day, after I'm done treating patients, even even on a Saturday, like nobody really wants to work on a Saturday, but I feel so fulfilled and so joyful sometimes like at the end of everything and having my patients like kind of float out on a cloud when they're done and they just have, we call it an acupuncture high when they leave. And they're, they're like smiling and the face is just glistening. And it's like, yes, I know I made an impact in their day. And that makes me really happy. That's so cool. And I'm curious, are you able to take some of your acupuncture techniques and practice them on yourself? Or do you go and visit an acupuncturist as a patient? So I do both. I definitely, when I get a chance to just sit down and do acupuncture on myself, I will. Or I will go out and see one of my other acupuncture colleagues. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like, the most learning I've done in regards to acupuncture is actually being on the table and getting acupuncture done to myself. Mm-hmm. That way I had a chance to really feel what my patients are feeling. And especially when it comes down to a new patient, there's so much of uncertainty and unknown and being able to know like, Hey, after today's visit, you're going to feel X, Y, and Z in regards to your case. Mm-hmm. And the next visit, the follow-up visit, they see me and they're like, Yes, you are 100%. You are so completely right. That's exactly what I felt. And for me, the best way to learn that was by being on the table as well. Right. Self-care is the, the best when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then everything else in your business and your life is suffering as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that you mentioned you're you're trying to put yourself in your patient's shoes. And I think that's something that, you know, I wish more doctors, both traditional or Eastern medicine would practice. And I think that it, it helps build that empathy and that understanding um, and probably makes for a much, you know, a little bit more than just like a patient and doctor experience. It would be taking it to that next level because they would understand, you know, like, oh, this person actually knows what it's like to be me right now. Yes. And a lot of times when I do see my patients, I, that I relate so much to it. It's so interesting how the universe works because I see some patients and there's a lot of times I see myself in my patients. So I'm like, oh, you know, this is what you're experiencing. I've experienced this too. And um, it's been such a wonderful experience being able to relay that message, like, hey, there's a glimmer of hope. Keep it up. Keep your head up. You're not alone. I just want to be, think of me as like a guiding light in your journey to healing. I'm sure it helps normalize that experience too. When somebody's experienced something for the first time, it can be very scary. They're like, what's wrong with me? And (laughs) so to know that, you know, oh, you're not the only one. And yes, this can be really helpful. I mean, even that is just so much relief for a person to hear. Um, definitely. I agree. And, the, and that's definitely reflected in my practice. So yeah, that's wonderful. 
So, Sophia, maybe you can talk to us about maybe a barrier that you've experienced and how you overcame it, as well as a big win that you're proud of. Well, the biggest barrier that I experienced in regards to my acupuncture is when you graduate acupuncture school, it's literally the tip of the iceberg. There's so much information that I felt like I didn't know. And as part of my journey, I needed to, to learn more. And I felt like I was always kind of yearning for that knowledge for more, 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 because I never felt like things were enough. Mm-hmm. And actually, in reality, if I just kind of worked and trusted my gut and went back and be like, listen, you did a lot of work. You put your time in, like trust, your, trust in your treatment. At the beginning, that was my, my biggest barrier, not trusting in my, my treatment plan. And then when that insecurity showed up, then it showed up in my patients as well. Mm. And that's when I felt like it was really unsuccessful at that point. So it's like, you're trying to get the wheel going and trying to get that to the first gear, get it moving, get it moving. But like I said, I had to do a lot of work on myself in order to show up for my patients as well. That was a big, a big barrier for me to overcome. It definitely took some time in order to do that. But once it kind of broke that, I guess that like glass roof in a sense, that's when things started to take off. So for me, my win is being able to walk into a room and not feel like um, the first few times when you're doing acupuncture, it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to relate to this new patient and explain these things? And now it's like, it's second nature to me. Like I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's my big win being able to know that I'm standing, standing in my power and being able to do acupuncture and, and helping others. Because even from a young age, I always knew I was supposed to help others. I just didn't know in what form. And mm-hmm. now having that variable as part of it, it's like, I feel complete. And, you know, and I've seen you not only do individual acupuncture, but I've seen you go over a room of 10 people in group acupuncture and girl, you know what you're doing. So (laughs) I think that we all, and I feel like I'm speaking as a woman, as women, it's so often that we do everything we're supposed to do. We follow all the rules, but we still have that internal like, oh, but I always want to know more about this. And so I think what I've learned as I've grown in my business and in my personal life as well, is that I think of myself as a seeker and I feel like that's part of who I am. I'm never going to get to the pinnacle of knowledge. There's always going to be information out there for me to learn about and be fascinated by and want to share with other people. But even though there's still more for me to learn at the same time, there are still areas where I am an expert and where I can bring somebody along on their journey and share with them things that they don't know. And I think that that's exactly what you're doing with your practice. You know, you've been practicing for six years. You know a lot. At the same time, you'll always continually learn, but the people who are coming to you like we didn't know about headaches today. We're like, wow, that's <laughs> fascinating. And I know that's only one tiny piece of your knowledge in Chinese medicine. And so that's fascinating to me. And I know that there are other people out there who are like, oh yeah, that, that knowledge I can learn from Sophia. So I think it's all about lifting each other up, right? And sharing what we know with the next person. And like it goes back, not only just family, but building your own community and what you guys are doing is fantastic. 
you're getting a chance to reach out to women to build this community, to continue to build each other up. And that is the most important thing because when we build each other up, that's when everybody benefits. Er, the abundance comes for everybody, not just one person. And Absolutely. And I, I agree with you, April. I think I'm still a seeker. Um, <laughs> it's so funny nowadays. It's like all I'm so excited for is when my Amazon Prime comes and I get booked. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, this came in. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to everything. So I get it. I, I want to still continue to consume my knowledge because this, has, this information has been out there for over 2,000 years. So I know this still. I want to continue to learn and, and grasp and digest or all the information that's out there. But what I do know is the information that I have, at least it, it can still be really impactful on other people as well, on my patients at least. Exactly, exactly. Well, Sophia, as we're wrapping up for the day, I'm curious to know what would be your best piece of advice for women who are looking to take their next step forward? Or if not advice, then maybe there's a book or a resource you would recommend. The best advice that I have is to make sure when you feel you are uncertain of what you need, you want to do or what your next step is, disconnect, meditate, and start to listen to that internal voice. Because at the end of the day, you have all the answers within you. It's just a matter of whether or not you're open to listening to it or not. That's the biggest thing. Because for me, that was an internal struggle. And once I finally quieten my mind, that's when I'm like, oh, you know what? This is where I need to be. And that, that's my biggest advice for women out there. And for personal development, there's so many resources. One of the major ones that I really enjoy listening to is Lewis Howes. I get it. Lewis Howes has a podcast also called uh, School of Greatness. So I feel like I'm still getting a chance to consume and find other people to, to learn from, habits to pick up, how to add more tools in my toolbox to help me continue to grow as well. Thank you, Sophia. That's awesome. Well, with that, we want to say thanks to everyone for joining us today. And thank you so much, Sophia, for taking the time to share your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. And I applaud you both for going out on this journey and reaching many, many, many people. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. As always, we're looking forward to sharing more stories soon. In the meantime, check out our website at herstepforward.com or follow us on Instagram at herstepforward for all the latest updates. If you'd like to reach out to us, shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. See you next time.